Last season on this podcast, we ended up talking a lot about travel. We were in the worst days of lockdowns, shutdowns, quarantines, and travel restrictions, and we all couldn't wait to get back out there into the world. We'd imagine where we'd all go once this was over, when things were back to normal. The first trips we'd take, the things we'd see, the people we'd missed. But the idea that there might not be an over for coronavirus wasn't part of our conversations. And certainly the question of whether we should even go back to normal wasn't either. Tourism alone accounts for 8% of the world's carbon emissions. On a 2,500 mile flight, just one passenger's share of the emissions melts a square foot of Arctic sea ice. On the other hand, tourism is also 10% of the global GDP. Entire communities and even entire countries depend on that money. Then again, not all of the money goes back into those communities. Did you know that 70% of all money spent by tourists in Thailand leaves Thailand? Or that it's actually 80% in the Caribbean? One thing is clear, we can't go back to normal. We need a new normal that's more sustainable and more equitable to local communities. And that's what we're gonna explore in today's episode. My name is LB Harvey, and in this episode of Heart of Business, we're talking to the CEOs of two next-generation travel companies who are committed to a new type of travel, purposeful travel. Here's Matt Klassen with the story. Would you mind uh, introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about Anywhere, what it is, and, and what you do? Great. Thanks, Matt. So Anywhere actually started in 2016. It was a, a project that me and my co-founder, Anthony, who's a uh, technology side, and I'm sort of the color guy, um, we, we decided to take what was a niche travel business focused mostly on Costa Rica and a few other countries in, in, in South America and really centralize our brand. And so Anywhere.com became that big ambitious mothership to, to build around. Hi, Sam Blankensop. I'm 29 from London. I'm co-founder and CEO of Trippin. Um, we're a new platform, shaking things up in the travel industry. Uh, kind of giving a, a younger, fresher approach to things, a bit more creative angle, a bit, bit more progressive and inclusive. We're powered by a community um, which basically brings authentic perspectives on, on travel and culture from all corners of the world. Uh, we do that through travel guides, films, podcasts, research reports, exhibitions, panel talks, parties, products. It's really a 360 approach to being a, a lifestyle brand that focuses on, on, on travel and, and culture. What makes you passionate about travel in particular? Tripping came from personal pain points of feeling like there was just a, a, a struggle to get the recommendations and the insights into cultures around the world and destinations that we wanted to visit to, to have those amazing trips. And uh, we created a Facebook group with some friends, which was uh just a a selfish way to to get those recommendations but quickly grew into this innate amazing uh community of people just helping each other and um everyone in there was were were people that were from all corners of the world and doing really innovative creative things shaping culture and progressing their own industries and that's when we knew we had to kind of build out something more with that community and work with them and and share those insights to the to everyone else uh, to also go and enjoy. So, so yeah, that's where Trippin' was born and, and how it kind of started evolving organically. Can you talk me a little bit through the timeline of the last year and a half? It's been such a roller coaster for the whole travel industry. I'm sure it's been for, for Trippin' as well. And, and it's not over, is it? No, not at all. I mean, yeah, 
when you know when when borders started closing and airplanes were grounded as an independent travel platform that's very early stage you of course we, we're worried about our future it's commercially it was a really tough time um we worked with a number of different brands on on partnerships and all the a lot of those contracts were torn up and our whole pipeline dropped out and we had to cut back overheads and lose some of our core team members people that were really part of our family and that was tough as hell and you did question the future but you know we quickly reflected on our core values and and realized that yeah people can't actually travel right now but we can still connect cultures and we can still allow people to experience the world's beauty just from the comfort of their home through the content that we create. I guess it's more like armchair traveling. Um, so I think very quickly we, we, we found our voice and our reason for existence throughout that time. And that's why we saw our audience grow and our engagement go through the roof. And, you know, there was a real like um, positive sentiment around our brand throughout the time that we showed up and we didn't go quiet. So uh you know although it was it was difficult actually i think it 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 really played in our favor as as a brand and also from a business perspective it gave us the headspace to really uh flesh out what what the future holds for us and to to build out that roadmap and and that was invaluable time so um with enough i'm 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 grateful for the twists and turns i mean i'd love to hear from your perspective what some of the changes have been and what the changes you anticipate will happen as um, <laughs> willing the travel industry opens back up and continues to. Well, again, domestic travel, has, I think, you know, countries all over the world have done a pretty good job of, of, of um, within their own borders, allowing people to, you know, visit their own country, basically. Cross-border travel has been what's been hit the hardest and that's that has been kind of our that's what we do we help people plan trips to far away places you could say um and and so that's globally i think it's 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 a silly number i think international trips are down you know 80 90 percent some countries even more um that's just a fact that people are not crossing borders the thing about the pandemic is it, it, it's an evolving um, phenomenon and and headlines that show up one day will create a ripple effect and the you know the fear quotient of of a, of a would-be traveler and and so there's there's just a lot of things and if you want zero risk if you just want to just shut it down then yeah like going on a plane, going to a developing country, all of those things can can test someone's risk tolerance in a way that never really was a factor. So, you know, we, we struggle with that notion because we, we do think it is, it is safe. You can take, you know, very, um, you know, clear um, processes to to get yourself safely around many, many parts of the world. But the thing is, is the, is the risk factor zero? No, it's not. Um, it's a leap of faith. Um, but again, um, as far as what's impacting traveler choices right now, it's just what, what are the requirements? What hoops do I have to jump through in order to get this experience that I just so 
greatly desire. And those barriers are uh, not super complicated depending on the country, or they're just not even an option. I mean, take a country like Canada or whatever. They're just like, yeah, no one can come in. And so, you know, that's just, that's just gone for, for uh, people that want to go there. Yeah. You you mentioned the word ripple effect when, uh, when like you see a headline or when the rules change or when there's like a, another wave or another shutdown. And and I wanted to talk about the ripple effects because it's not just a canceled or postponed trip, right? There's whole ripple effects on, on the people that live in a country like Costa Rica, for example. Can you tell us a little bit about like, you know, what happens when this industry has been reduced by, you know, 80 to 90% international travel. And, and that's such a huge industry for a lot of the countries that, that um, you book travel for, um, you know, what's the effect on, on the people that live there? Oh, it's, it's been, it's been very difficult for, um, for the, the local citizens of, of these countries. Um, you know, the everyday tour guides or, I mean, we, we have, um, we had 30 plus, you know, local people in Costa Rica that, um, I mean, some of them had been with me for 10 plus years and just great people. But the, the market changed so much. There's just no, nothing I can do. I, there's nothing for them to do. There's just not a, a way for me to support them anymore. Um, so some of them, they had to get other jobs. They, I mean, sadly, they're, you know, working for Amazon call center or they're, um, you know, they're just scraping by, um, you know, taking odd jobs around, around town. Um, I don't know the stories of, of every single person, but, um, the, you know, a place like Peru, a place like Costa Rica, I mean, in, in Costa Rica, maybe 25% of the, of the GDP was, was related to travel. Um, it could be a little bit more even Peru, a good, a good percentage, probably seven to 10% at least. Um, but it's a number of jobs that they get, that get included in that number that, that, and the families that are affected and the ripple effect, it, it is a, a huge hit and the governments don't have the ability to support the local citizens as much as they did here, for example, in the United States. Um, it's just a, a very, very difficult problem to resolve, but a lot of businesses have cut costs. A lot of businesses have found ways to through it. And, um, I think that, you know, banks still like for companies that, that, you know, were leveraged and stuff. I think a lot of banks, they don't want to own, you know, 350 hotels in you know, some of these different countries, they, they just, they don't want to do that. So they've, they've uh, allowed, I think a lot of the, the owners, owners to, to be, um, you know, for, for loans to be deferred and things like that. But it's, it's a really difficult, uh, dilemma, to be honest. It's very complex. Um, and it's sad. Uh, and I, I'm a big believer that I think people are going to be so thankful. I mean, I know they already are thankful, but when the, when the industry is just barely coming back, it means, you know, there's hope and it, and it has, rebounded um in 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 ways that uh and the experience that the visitors are having are really positive experiences and so all of that starts to be a, a nice positive reinforcement that i think will will yield um years and years of good um 
you know, good results, but it's just, it, it's really tough right now. Um, the timing of this is, is they're set back. There's one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. And, you know, every now and again, you take a big leap forward, but then it, it seems to be a regression as well. It was in the pandemic that I kind of stumbled upon to uh, stumbled upon the report that uh, you and Kaesong authored. Um, and part of it was that was interesting was it included a perspective on COVID and how COVID is affecting travel. And um, I'm just curious, like when you look forward and look ahead, what sort of what sorts of disruption, disruptions that we've seen over the last year and a half do you think will fade away? And what do you think will continue to accelerate or become part of the travel landscape? For me, like, I think slow travel is, is the big one. I mean, anyone who works in the industry is probably bored of hearing that that terminology. But at the end of the day, like, I think there's been a real shift in, in like, social perception towards people going away for longer. A lot of that's got to do with um, the fact that everyone's working remotely anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, you're starting to see younger or even just, just, you're starting to see people take out accommodation for a longer period of time, going for a month or so and, and doing a kind of, a, a bit of work and a bit of time off and, and making it, um, having a bit more of an immersion within that culture that they're visiting. And, um, fortunately that means that it can be a more positive exchange because, um yeah they can they can get to know the culture and 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 spend more money in the right hands and uh it's allows people to to have less of an impact on on the environment as well because they're not you know dipping in and out through weekend trips and stuff um so i think like for me that is the big shift uh, uh slow travel is something that's here to stay and is going to just really raise up in in people's um travel behavior going forward yeah so so speaking of hope and and you know uh, like as as more of us listening here stateside are, are trying to get back to international travel but like we want to be more socially conscious when we do it we maybe want to be more sustainable when we travel um, you know, what can we as travelers and, and what can other travel companies and, uh, and, and travel providers do to kind of support that sort of conscious travel um, and, and to do it as, as, you know, all of us are getting that itch to get out uh, more and more and, and as we have the more freedom to do it? The trouble is this, like, if, if people didn't, didn't uh, support all-inclusive resorts like if they people don't like all-inclusive resorts they wouldn't exist so they do exist and there's there's a lot of them and every country feels like they need to have them because the market wants it and so it's a real struggle i mean if you if you really you know believe conscious travel is going to grow and everything and that that's fine but it just those sort of accommodations actually need to start becoming less popular if ever if there's ever going to be a more sustainable uh way to 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 travel because it's it's a um those are you know it's a single transaction everything just occurs right in one location so it's a missed opportunity for a cultural exchange um it it you know you you're just really you're stuck. It's like cruise ships and all-inclusive resorts. 
yeah, they're in the travel category and they're probably the largest if you just segment them um, like that. But that's not a great, it's a great business, but it's not a great way to consciously travel. But, you know, we usually do business with maybe 10 to 15 different independent businesses anytime someone books a trip with us. So we're distributing income to all over the the country usually and, and many different, you know, ripple effects occur because of that. Um, I think that, that, of course, tree planting and all of those uh, initiatives are, are really, uh, really helpful. Um, we've, we've planted tens of thousands of trees over the years. Uh, we make it really easy for people to do that. Uh, very budget friendly. Um, I think that there's just so many things that kind of when people think of sustainability, they only think about the environment, but it's, and that's way, that's the way in which, you know, a big, huge brand can sort of trick people a little bit to thinking that, oh yeah, we're so socially, or we're so sustainable and conscious and whatever, you know, but it's so much more than, than just, hey, we've planted trees or, hey, we've saved a little bit of water. It's, it's this, the cultural erosion that can occur when a brand comes in and just takes over a chunk of land and has all of these local people um, in a system where there's there's no or limited cultural expression. There's um, there's just a process and everything is just followed. And I think in in the case of um, Costa Rica or Peru, I mean, you don't go to those countries and and think, oh, I'm going to just stay in one location. Even though some people do, you go there to explore that country. So in some ways, some destinations are more sustainable just by the by the brand that the country has established and the the range of experiences that exist there. It's not only beach, or it's not only Machu Picchu, or it's not only uh, the rainforest. It's it's many things, and so you're you're actually going to three or four different locations, and and spreading your 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 money and your time around the country. From my side, I think there's been a big global awakening in the last year or 18 months the pandemic has definitely given people that headspace to really think about how they want to move forward in the world racial uprisings and the black lives matter movement has been something that's massively raised people's awareness on that on social economic uh disparities on systemic racism on how we need to enable um more um, different communities around the world to to uplift them and to spend money in the right places and um, how we need to have less of an impact on the environment throughout uh, throughout that time. So from my side, I think that the momentum's picked up a lot around sustainability, um, not just the environmental side of things, but also looking at, at social and economic. Um, and like, you know, that's how we talk about uh, sustainable travel is it or and purposeful travel um it's it's looking at, at people planet and profit as those three things so like the the planet of course we all know the environmental side of things and and the 
airplanes are bad you know we need to reduce the amount of carbon out there right but like how to start navigating that in in a better way um with people looking at at, at uh cultural sustainability and social sustainability and and how to ensure that we can we can allow those those cultures to be there for generations to come and then obviously economical is all about profit and and where is that money going and ensuring that people are benefiting from the popularity of of this place or of of people's desires to to go and travel and why they've saved up so hard to go and have this amazing experience to ensure the people they're sharing it with and the people who are offering that experience are actually benefiting it from economically as well and then and then we're uplifting and there's a real positive exchange and and I think there's there's been a big awakening over that and um that movement's only going to grow as as time moves on I'm curious if there's like uh, any companies that you work with um or uh you know brands that you work with that you've seen that are doing things that are making you know a, a positive impact however large or small um that that you think can be models for us in in the private sector as well as individual travelers this kind of actually like ties back in nicely to your previous question as well as something that that we're working on with um like on a consultancy basis with with a large hotel group is is about how to shift their impact on the world and how to make sure it's a more positive one and that's uh looking at their hiring policy looking at their um uh, their their training policies looking at their their marketing efforts their partnership programs how they support local communities who are their food and beverage suppliers um you know like a 360 approach to looking at how as a group that that shows up in pretty much every country in the world how they can ensure that they're not economically extracting from that community how they they're having a positive impact how travelers coming to stay at them can can feel confident that that they're also playing a positive part in in this ecosystem um I you know it is confidential who I'm referring to here so I can't say the name but but what I'm I'm referring to is is like the type of movements that are happening within the industry at at a very big corporate level um and I'm I'm starting to see that change which is really positive and amazing um and I think like on a on a traveler side there's there there's you know certain um more boutique or, or or smaller platforms that you can be looking at um of course you could be coming to trip in for all your recommendations and for your content and your inspiration working with locals um giving those insights to really authentic narratives to get you beneath the surface and to get you into the places to spend your money and have that truly authentic experience that that does support them um and uplifts them and 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 gives you the kind of trip that you want to be honest but then like when it comes to bookings there's there's a great platform called regenerative travel um they're you know trying to go one step further than sustainability and, and make it regenerative instead um they have they only have a portfolio of hotels with a strong commitment to regeneration and uh you know they have they're like dedicated to the highest level of social and environmental impact and they do experiences that uh they sell experiences that all partners with locals um so you can get that 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 true kind of local insight so they're brilliant on the product side also horizon suitcases are an amazing brand from 
um, Berlin that are doing great stuff in terms of looking at their whole supply chain and thinking about sustainable products um, and uh, vegan leather and uh, you know so when you're buying a suitcase um, I would I'd highly recommend checking out Horizon um, for uh, nice nice travel products and accessories and stuff um, but yeah there's a lot there's there's a good movement I think um, even if um, purposeful travel or sustainable travel, whatever you want to call it, isn't necessarily a core narrative or a core um, messaging uh, messaging platform or reason for existence. A lot of a lot of brands and platforms and people within the space are obviously adopting it as one of their values and and trying to be more transparent about their processes. And I think that's that's what people need to do. Um, need to be looking for is is if it's not perfect yet then then how much effort and commitment are they are they making in order to try and get to that place where it's better and and once you see that transparency then that's the place that you know you can support it's been a movement for 30 years you know this is not new and and so like you know we've gotten every possible award you can get in, in, in Costa Rica and, and whatever. But I mean, it was basically just a jobs program for me to hire another two people to do stuff and keep track of all the things that we were actually doing just to keep track of it, then just to submit all this paperwork, just to go ahead and get all these certifications. And it just, and it, and it was just a real frustrating thing because it never really like travelers don't care. Like, to be honest, like I know you care. I care, but when it comes down to it and someone's like Googling a bunch of th things that they want to do on their trip or where they want to go or whatever, it doesn't matter. Price is the only thing they care, they care about and it sucks. And I wish it wasn't that way, um, but it, it kind of is. They want simplicity and they want cheap. And, you know, like, yeah, there's more people that like they do want to have a story at the end of the day or they do want to have you know something more meaningful occur um but you know why i mean it's just it's the numbers are not in the favor that like you know boutique agencies or or sustainable like tour operators or whatever are just somehow more successful than others so it's like the thing is it, the sustainability side is is certainly permeating the industry in a way that is helpful no doubt about it um but it's just going to continue to be sort of like a a, a trending thing it's never really going to be the like defining decision that a a customer makes like the industry is making these decisions to because they think it's going to attract customers and they think customers care and and like i like to use the example of like styrofoam cups or whatever so like yeah okay styrofoam cups or, or plates or whatever like you might be thinking that you know, you're staying, you got a good deal at a place. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. But then you show up and there's like a styrofoam plate or whatever. And you just are like, this is terrible. What the heck? How could you possibly be giving me styrofoam plates? Blah, 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 blah. 
And and then that's when that that hotel is just like, oh my god, we have to, you know, we have to go more eco. We can't just keep, you know, with our same suppliers and and do this because you get, you know, you get shamed at at this point. But the reality is, the customers like they're just now sort of used to like not feeling as guilty about their wherever they're consuming. And when when something like styrofoam confronts them, they're like all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is someone's fault. How you know, how did this happen? I don't want to be associated with styrofoam. You know what I mean? So anyway, so then it's like fear driven a little bit out like all these um you know these brands are just going ahead and making those choices and stuff. But they, I wouldn't say the customer's driving it. That's kind of my point also. It's it's that the brands are choosing now to compete on sustainability. And then it's a marketing thing. And I mean, the industry does need to, to keep, you know, angling more in that direction. And I'm a big fan of all that. And I want to participate in that. But you can get burnt out real fast thinking that if I do everything that's completely sustainable and I'm going to do, I mean, I'm going to take into account every little aspect of my, you know, my, the way this, the community is, is treated, the, the social responsibility aspect, the economic, the, the, the tree and you, and you expect the market to reward you, I think you'll be very disappointed. So that's, that's kind of my point. Like you can just burn a lot of money trying to do all these things and you expect all this stuff out of it. But at the end of the day, you'll, you'll lose on price and you'll spend all this time trying to position yourself as being the company that does it this way. But uh, you know, it, it's not going to be an actually that different of a end product for the client. It maybe makes certain people feel better and 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 if you think you're going to only get the people that want to feel better at the transaction time i think it's going to be yeah a, a difficult maneuver so it's like slow and steady kind of like that's sort of it's the way it's been i don't think that's going to change <laughs> i really appreciate that answer and uh cuz yeah it is it is like much more complex like than than whatever like the most surface level solution that you might have um, I know I know we're, we're over time, so maybe just have like one more question if you'll indulge me. Um, what's the next trip you have planned? Oh well, my mom is turning seventy, so I'm going to Oregon to visit her, and me and my brothers are going to be there. And we have a, a, a small small farm, and uh, we have a lot of cousins that are all going to be getting together. Some of them for the first time, and. Uh, renting some horses and the kids are going to be riding on ponies and stuff like that. So that is the next time I'm getting on a plane. And then I actually have a wedding in Seattle. So these are not, these are like kind of boring trips. Um, I really want to get down to uh, Costa Rica and maybe Belize actually um, sometime, maybe towards the end of the year or early next year um, to check in on things and just to, just to yeah, get a change of scenery myself, um, I could use a ref- refresher. <laughs> uh, my co-founder Kay Sang is has Tibetan heritage, and I would absolutely love to go on a trip with her back to her roots, go to the Himalayas, and see some of her cousins who are monks, um, and really just get to learn about about the incredible uh, Tibetan culture that unfortunately is is being oppressed at the moment. Um, and would love to go and 
uh, really experience it and, and soak it up myself and, and get in some, some mountain nature. Travel's all about, um, it's such a special thing because it genuinely has the power to change the world. It, it breaks down barriers, it, it broadens people's horizons, it brings people inspiration and, and something to work hard and look forward towards. It gives people a better uh, re reflection of their own reality and to realize, their, check their own privilege um, if they are of privilege. Um, all in all, it's something that, that I believe if, if people did more of, then the world would be in a better place. Amazing. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much and, and have a great afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Speak soon. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate it. And uh, have a nice uh, rest of the day. If you need help planning a sustainable and local friendly vacation, Anywhere and Trippin have got you covered. You can find links to their website in the show's notes. We also put together a list of the resources Sam mentioned there too. You can find them as well as all of the episodes of this podcast at front.com slash blog. Until next time, I'm LB Harvey.